similar to a particular theme this morning about seeing our loved ones on the other side. Now listen, if you've got loved ones that's gone on to be with the Lord, the only way that you're going to see them again is through the cross. Alright, because if they've gone on to be with the Lord in glory, then the only way, my friend, that you'll ever see them again is through the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross for you and I. Aren't you glad to be saved this morning? Amen. I thank God for the opportunity just to stand before His people one more time on this side of heaven to break open the Word of God and the bread of life to where we can study and preach and rejoice in what thus saith. Of the Word of God. If you would turn in the book of Proverbs, if you will, today. Proverbs chapter number 22. I feel good in my soul this morning. Amen. I thank God for what He's done, what He's already doing. And, uh, you know, the devil didn't want you to get to church this morning uh, because he knew you'd miss a blessing. So he turned over an 18-wheeler. But anyway, uh, we, you got around it and got here anyway. Praise the Lord. So we're glad that you are here, and we'll look at verse number 28 in the Word of God, okay? Verse number 28 and Proverbs 22, verse 28. You have your place? Say amen. Amen. All right. The Bible says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Let us pray. Father God, we do love you. We thank you, Lord, for what we've already felt in this place this morning. The great moving of your Spirit, Lord. What would we do without it? Oh, God, I'm glad we could come to a place and worship you in freedom, spirit, and truth today. God, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, pour your love upon us this morning. Lord, ingrench us uh, in the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, I pray you'd give us words of wisdom to speak to your people. May we encourage your people. But Lord, if they be one here lost and undone, save them. Oh God, there may be one here that's backslidden on you and out of your will. Oh God, I'm glad you still allow you terms. God, I pray that you would bless the word. Undergird us with spirit and power from above. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much and you may be seated. There's a lot of talk going on in the days in which we live about landmarks. There's many of landmarks that are marked around our country that's part of history uh, that you can look upon and see. And in all of these uh, monuments and landmarks represent something uh, uh, to others. Uh, uh, some it may be good, some it may be bad. I'm not here to debate that. But in the spiritual world, there are some landmarks uh, that we should not ever remove. Uh, there's some landmarks that we need to be aware of uh, uh, this morning. Uh, But this particular verse in the Old Testament Scriptures uh, is lining up with the Scriptures that were uh, first listed over in the book of Deuteronomy. Let me read you a couple of these, if I may, this morning. Deuteronomy 19 and 14, the Bible says, Thou shalt not, remember that, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance. 
which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Deuteronomy 27, 17. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. What is that landmark? A landmark is defined as something that is seen and recognized that enables someone to establish their location, and it may be a part of history of that does not need to be removed. Folks, continue down the path that we're going down. Uh, the history of our great nation is going to be erased. Uh, it's going to be removed. Uh, but my friend, we should stand tall uh, on the faith of the Word of God because when it comes down to it, Brother Jerry, they're going to try to remove another landmark before it's over with. Uh, and it's called the B-I-B-L-E. Uh, that's a landmark for me. Uh, and they're going to try uh, to get rid of the Word of God. But may I talk to some Christian soldiers today that'll stand up for the history of the Word of God and the faith that we have and believing in the Word and knowing that it's true from the very beginning to the very end. Oh, listen, they want to get the church riled up. You try to take away the Word of God today. I believe the church will have to get riled up. Amen. I'm not provoking violence today. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm telling you where we're headed if we're not careful. Today in the 2020 church of the living God, churches have removed and is currently removing some landmarks. Now listen closely. What once was being seen and recognized as the church now cannot be distinguished from the world. Hello? When sinners enter a church and don't feel uncomfortable anymore with conviction, then there's a serious problem. Amen. When the church looks and feels like the world, we've got a serious, serious problem. Amen. When uh, the sinner leaves feeling good about themselves with no conviction on their heart, then we've got a serious problem. And when the saints of God diminish the holiness and righteousness of God, we've got a serious problem. When the man of God standing behind the podium has no backbone to preach, thus saith the word of God, we've got a serious problem. Amen. And it's happening all around us. Uh, my friend, these landmarks are disappearing. It's all about putting more people in the seats uh, and putting more offerings in the plates. Uh, listen, we hadn't passed, passed the offering plate in three or four months. We just sit them up here. Due to everything going on, you can bring them, put them in if you want to. If you want to leave, then God says you living under a curse. Amen. But it's not about the money. It's not about the rear ends and the seats. It's all about a mighty God and doing what thus saith the word says and continuing to move forward for the kingdom of God. What are some of those landmarks that are being removed? What are some of these things? I'm going to give you a few things today that you might not have thought of as far as a landmark goes, but it definitely is. Uh, some landmarks we're removing, number one, is the walk. 
What do you mean? Well, Jeremiah 6, 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Listen, we need to continue to walk in the ways of God. We need to continue to walk in the ways of righteousness. We need to continue you to walk in the ways of holiness. My friend, listen, if a cuss word comes out of your mouth, every breath that you give, something's wrong with you spiritually. If you, my friend, can't get excited about what God's doing, let me say this, you've got something wrong spiritually. If you can't get excited about what Jesus done for you on Calvary and live it outside these doors, you've got a serious issues spiritually today but I'm glad when God saved me January 3 of 93 he came in the old man went out I've been changed ever since I don't want to go back to those ways anymore hallelujah I'm glad he saved me from the inside out see when he cleans you up on the outside and the inside it'll make you do things different on the outside brother Joe I'm glad that he does. He heals your body. He saves your soul. He takes care of you. Looks after you. But you know what? Some people think living the life of a Christian is burdensome to them. Lord, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I didn't have time to pray and didn't want to pray. I don't know what I'd do with myself if I didn't read the Word of God and didn't have time to read the Word of God. I'm just glad today that I can do those things walking in the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and let people know that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven today. I hope and pray that you are. We're removing the walk, but number two, we're removing the walls. What do you mean? I'm talking about prayer. Prayer used to be the foundation of church services. Prayer. Psalm 17, 6. <coughs> Excuse me. I have called upon thee, for thou will hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. God's phone number is Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, I'll answer thee. He says, call unto me, I'll answer thee, and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. In other things, we can even pray some things, and God can deliver when we didn't even think He's going to deliver it all, and go far and above that. But we're removing our walk, and we're removing the walls of prayer, which is the foundation of the church. I don't know what to think about folk that ain't been to an altar since Moby Dick was a mentor. I'm just being honest. Huh? I I think uh, uh, preacher John Tidd said all the best, sister. Ride it all the way to heaven. Ride it all the way to heaven. My grandma, bless her heart, she's in heaven today. She didn't understand in her older age. She came to me one time. She said, I don't understand it. She said, why does the same people get up and go to the altar every service? Don't you think they ought to leave it there and leave it alone? I said, Granny, you're looking at it as a weakness. It's not a weakness. It is a strength. Woo! 
Because you keep going back. You keep asking the same thing over and over. And you believe in that God is going to deliver. Or you wouldn't keep asking. Amen. Amen. I want to be on an altar of prayer. I want to be filling the walls of prayer. And, and, and listen, if you don't have anything else to pray for, please pray for me. I'll take all I can get. How many of you need praying for today? Everybody. This invitation time comes, you ought not sit in your pew today. Everybody just said they needed prayer. You know what? If we got around this altar today and prayed for one another... And prayed for everyone's needs. God knows what they are. He'll bless that obedience of corporate prayer. Amen. But I'm, listen, I pastored a church for two years. And this is what they told me when we went there. Our very first service. We had people. There, there were people. God had people. Uh, lined up on both sides of the altar. And they were lined up down the, the aisle of the church. And the man on the pulpit committee came and said, Preacher. I'm just going to be honest with you. He said, we ain't seen nobody like that on the altar in 13 years. Now we know that you are our man. We want you to come and pastor this church. May I say today, uh, something's seriously wrong if you ain't been in an altar of prayer in 13 years. Something is wrong. This is not a place of weakness. It is a place of victory. It is a place of strength. And we've got to continue to not only pray in the house of God, but we've got to pray at home. We've got to pray. Uh, he's, listen, pray without ceasing. Keep praying till you can pray no more. Every opportunity you have, lift up hands toward heaven and begin to pray and ask the Lord to help in your situation. See, the devil has used this pandemic to do many things. I've never seen so many folks going through things in their life than I have seen since the pandemic started. The devil knew that while we was closed down for seven weeks without corporate worship and without corporate prayer, that people were going to have problems and people were going to have difficulties. And he began to move in and he began to attack the people of God. But may I remind you today, greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. And my friend, I'm glad to say that our God will never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always be there for you. Take that devil. Tell him to get out of the house. Oh, it happens. It happens, but God is able. But number three, some landmarks that we're removing is the wood. Wait a minute. I don't understand. Preacher, where are you going? Proverbs 26, 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So, where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. Somebody got to bring the wood. Amen. Amen. I, now listen, you may take that the wrong way today, but the Bible says where there is no wood, the fire goeth out. 
The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. You know what? When Joe Floyd stands up like David and begins to worship the Lord, you know what happens? He's throwing wood on the fire. You know what happens when Jerry stands up, gives his hands up to God, and tears running down his face, and he's wiping those tears as he's sitting there? He's throwing wood upon the fire. I'm not talking about working nothing up. You can't work it up if you want it to. I'm talking about people filling the Holy Ghost of God and not afraid to express themselves. We got to throw some wood on the fire. Amen. Oh, my word. Listen, I can't wait till September. Some of you that's been in our Jubilee meetings before, you know that it's going to be on like Donkey Kong in here. Because we're going to be prayed up. People will be fasting. People will be praying. People will be getting answers. People will be worshiping around an altar of prayer. And my friend, don't get too scared. It'll be over in about a week. huh? But come and get in on it. Amen. That's what we need sometimes. We need something to encourage us. We need something. that We need that thread of hope from God. Knowing that we do have hope today. Many of people are living without hope. How many seen that picture I posted the other day of the young lady that was on drugs and she's been 84 days clean, saved and blood bought? Did she not look like a completely different person? That's what God can do. Amen. That's what God can do. Drugs and alcohol is ruining our young people by the multitudes. But if they get a little bit of wood on their fire and get that thing lit up real good, my friend, you'll be able to keep away all that stuff out of your life. You'll be able to keep the devil out of your life. Hey, listen, Jerry will even take you fishing maybe, amen, to be a mentor to you, teach you a little bit about Jesus and teach you how to catch a carp, amen. Then we'll cut it up and take it to Miss Bradley and she'll cook it, amen. She just gave me the big eyes right there. I ain't eating no carp. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we've got to put the wood on the fire. People are removing the wood. About like the, about like the church that was real quiet and real reserved. And Listen, we wouldn't have won that award six years in a row if we didn't have much wood on the fire. Listen, <laughs> what happened... That church was reserved in their worship. They were very conservative. That man came in to visit one Sunday. He sat toward the back of the church and he'd say amen every once in a while. And people would all turn around like, what's wrong with him? And then the next service, he'd come up and he'd move to the middle of the sanctuary. And he'd say, hallelujah. And they'd look over at him. What's wrong with him? And then finally he moved up to where Joe Floyd was. And the next service he was standing up worshiping God. Do you believe the pastor had some deacons to go talk to that man and tell him he don't need to be causing so much commotion? If Joe Floyd ever went to that church, that'd throw him out the first day. I saw a lady, she, she, she came to church, she visited one time. She got through the music part of the service. And uh, <clears throat> she, uh, we, we fellowshiped after, you know, right, right between the, we was getting ready to fellowship before the preaching. I went over and introduced myself and shook her hand. She said, Lord, these are the most friendliest people I've ever seen. She said, I just love this place. The music's been beautiful. 
She talked about how good Josh could sing and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good. And they sat in the other, and, you know, we continued to talk. She said, I believe, I'm looking for a new church. I believe this is going to be the place for me. I said, well, you just hang around for a while, see if it's for you. It ain't for everybody. But if it's for you, we'd be glad to have you. And then the next service came, she wasn't here. The next Sunday came, she wasn't here. I was like, well, I don't know what happened to that one, but she's, she's done got, you know, she's done changed her mind. Bilo was still open at the time. Down there in Boiling Springs, and I walked through the meat section, and guess who I saw? I saw that woman sitting there. I said, hey, how you doing? And she kind of looked and she said, hey, how are you? I said, I'm doing good. I said, uh, what happened? I thought you was wanting to join our church. You said that you really loved the people and you loved the service and you loved all that. And she's like, well, I got kind of confused when everybody got around on the altar and started praying together. And I didn't understand what none of them people were saying. I said, ma'am, with all due respect, they wasn't talking to you. She said, well, I just don't think I'll come back because I'm looking for a place that's a little more sedate. I got to thinking, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, Marvin. I thought, what in the world? Sedate. I went back and looked it up, and that word sedate means almost dead. <laughs> that's what she's looking for. If I, I never seen her again, but I wanted to tell her she's probably in the wrong place. Huh? Listen, we need to put the wood there. But listen, we don't need to remove number four, the wells. No water means that there's dryness. The water's a symbol of the Holy Ghost of God. No water means you're in a drought. We need the Holy Spirit of God working and leading in our lives and in our services to lead us and guide us on every decision and thing that we do, whether it be church-related or personal-related. Put God first and allow Him to do the leading. John 4, 14 says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be of him in a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. I've got everlasting life. You mean you ain't going to die? Oh, the flesh is going to die. The flesh is going to go. My flesh is already deteriorating and you start dying as soon as you're born. One day they're going to roll you into a mortuary or a church somewhere. Somebody's going to have to preach your funeral. That body's going back to the dust of the ground. But my friend, as soon as you left your body and spirit, it was present with the Lord. Be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. I like to get under the spout where the glory folk flows out. I like the wells of living water that come upon us to where we can feel something moving inside the house of God. People are removing the wells. Number five, people are removing the weeping. We've come to a time and place where folks are either too prideful or so cold, hard, and callous that there's no tears anymore. We need tears. See, tears are a language that God understands. Psalm 126, 5 and 6, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I feel pretty good today. I'm glad that I can still be riding down the road in my car and the Holy Ghost of God speak to me and tears begin to roll down my face. 
I'm glad that I can be sitting in a church house sometime and God get a hold of my heart and tears begin to flow down my face. I'm glad that I can get on an altar of prayer and pray and weep out into a living God for my loved ones. uh, Knowing that God can save them. Knowing that God can heal them. And knowing that God can help them. Oh, listen, we've become dry-eyed Christians today. We need to weep. I'm not talking about forcing yourself to weep. I'm talking about a true moving of the Holy Ghost of God in your heart, in your life, to where your eyes begin to water. I was always told if you cry a little bit, your head won't get so big. Amen. We've lost the landmark of weeping. Number six, the word. Many people are removing the authority of the scriptures and replacing them with books and devotions. And even in the pulpits, they're taking away the word of God. God, help us today to stay with the manuscript and spit and all that. God calls you to preach, you do it the way you want to. Amen. Brian don't snort and spit, but you know what? He brought a message now. Cody didn't snort and spit, but he brought the message. I just got a little more excitement than they do. I don't know. None of my family really before me was in church much. So I can't say I had a great-great-granddaddy that was a preacher. I didn't even have a great-great-grandmama that was a preacher. (laughs) They wasn't none in my family. But I don't know what's going to come after me. I don't know who God's going to call under me. I don't know if I'm going to have grandchildren that are going to be preachers. I don't know. I don't know these things. But you know what? I want people to know, including my potential grandchildren or children or whatever. We ain't going to have no more children, I don't think. (laughs) I better hush. My wife would have a house load. But uh, we done got too old for all that, I guess. <clears throat> I don't know. Just, just remember, though, she, she's, she, she'd foster one. She'd adopt one. She'd do anything she could <clears throat> to have more. But what I'm saying is this. The generation coming after me, they need to know that they don't have to be ashamed of their faith. They don't have to be like me. They just don't need to be afraid to share their faith. And do it explicitly. Listen, we need the Word of God. We know the Word of God. You better get you some extra versions of the King James Bible and put it up at the house somewhere because they're going to try to take them from you before it's over with. You just wait. They're going to try it. They're going to try it. And I believe if there's a time the church has ever stood up and raised up and pitched a fit, it'll be then. But the truth is we should have pitched a fit on Roe v. Wade. We should have pitched a fit when they took it out of schools. We should have pitched a fit when they took it out of the uh, prayer out of schools. And the Bible out of school. We should have pitched a fit then. Yeah. All these babies being murdered, we should be pitching a fit today. Amen. Huh? The Word. But number seven, worship. Landmarks we're removing. First mention of worship and the principle of first mentions in the Word of God is in Genesis 22, 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Jesus said in John 4, 23 and 24, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father speaketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worshiping him. What I'm trying to say is we need to keep some of the landmarks established around the The church should be a lighthouse on a hill because of his presence. She, the church, has the power. Folks can deny all that they like to today. But the fact remains when you drive by the church, you can't help but see that she's a shining brightly for his glory. Let's keep that way let's not remove the landmarks let's not move to another way let's not darken the darken the lights let's not put in smoke machines let's not be smoking mirrors let's give the truth and let the people decide that's the way it's got to be i want you to stand this morning if you will as they come get us a song of invitation sister i'm glad you made it praise the lord I asked if anybody needed prayer, and y'all raised your hand. You know what? We do all need prayer. As these are coming around the altar, praying, let's always fight to not remove the landmarks. Let's always fight to keep prayer in our homes. Let's fight for our marriages. Let's fight for our homes. Let's fight for each other. Let's pray that the Lord God of heaven will keep us, help us, and only way that he can and know how. Listen, we've all got problems today. We've all got issues. We've all got situations that we need help. You be obedient unto God. God will bless you. Father, Lord, we do love you, God. We thank you for Jesus. If there be one here lost, I pray today be the day you save them. God, I pray for any need that is brought to you upon this altar. God, we've all got many needs today, but Lord, we know without a shadow of a doubt you can grant prayer requests at an instant. And Lord, we're going to trust in you and you alone for our needs and for help. And I'll thank you in Christ Jesus' name we do ask. Amen. And amen. You pray, child of God. There's a lighthouse on a hillside And it overlooks life see when I'm tossed it sends out a light that I might see and the light that shines in darkness now will safely If it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would sail no more. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to Him for Jesus lighthouse and from the rocks of sin he has shone a light around me that I could clearly see if
Everybody that lives around us oh, listen. says, Tear that old lighthouse down. You know, the big ships, they don't sail this way anymore, and there's no need, and it's standing oh, God, around. Thank you, Jesus. But then my mind goes back <laughs> to that stormy. Just in time. Oh, I saw the light. I saw the light. It's the light from that old lighthouse. And it still stands up there on the hill. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my whole life to Him, King Jesus. Jesus is the lighthouse, and from the rocks of sin, He has shown His light around me, that I could clearly see, if it wasn't for that lighthouse, where Praise the Lord. Sister Lucy, Ted, you remember that song? What it means to you? You know, when we built this church here, I didn't know it at the time, but there was people that outside that live around close didn't want it here. Matter of fact, there's some now that don't want it here that live kind of close. And, uh, I don't know what they're going to say about the addition we had known. I tried to be nice and invite them to church, but they wasn't very nice back. When they start grading it off, our brother Joe, and start putting up buildings, I got a good mind just to go right up here close to those neighbors and put up stakes like we're going to build something right there in their backyard. I'm trying to figure out if that'd be mean or not. <laughs> I want to be a good neighbor, but sometimes, <laughs> God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. I hope and pray you'll be back tonight, 6 o'clock. I'm excited about what God's doing. Pray for those that are gone on vacation. And also, if you haven't given today, of course, the, the, the plates are down here. You can come by after service or tonight or whatever, whatever you want to do. I learned a long time ago. God's a providing God. Amen. We want you to come back tonight. We're going to dismiss in a word of prayer. We're going to pray that the Lord bring us back and be with us tonight. Yes, ma'am. Yes.